Joining us on the show is Governor Ron DeSantis. He has freshly announced his 2024 presidential campaign. Governor DeSantis, thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, congratulations uh, on the new baby, Ben. I really appreciate that. That's so sweet of you. And uh, we say hello to Casey as well. So why don't we talk about the first 24 hours of this campaign, how you think it's gone so far? Obviously, there were some technical snafus, what with uh, Twitter spaces, but there were tons of people watching. 700,000 people were trying to log on at the very beginning. These are big numbers. Yeah, and actually, you know, talking to us on Twitter, there are actually very many more who couldn't even get to that part of the queue. And so it caused their uh, their system to basically melt down and they've never seen anything like it. So I think there was a huge amount of interest. Part of the reason we did do it this way is because we figured with Elon involved uh, that that would reach a wider range of people than would just do a traditional campaign rally. And so there was a lot of buzz generated for those who've been able to watch it. I think like across all the different ones that have it, I think it's over 9 million between the live stream and between David Sachs's one. So that's really, really significant. You know, obviously I made the announcement. I did a little bit of a riff to start, but then a lot of it was just talking about the issues facing the country and being able to answer questions that, that people had. We need to do more of that in this country. Um, you know, we're not uh, here to be entertainers. We're here to be leaders. And ultimately a leader is measured by what kind of results you're ultimately able to deliver. We've delivered great results in Florida because we focused on what matters to the people of the state. And I think we'd bring that same know-how to Washington uh, to focus on what matters to the people of the United States. So, Governor DeSantis, obviously Joe Biden has been doing a, a rather poor job. You're running to replace him. But standing in your way is a formidable rival. Former President Trump is the first Republican candidate to declare. Uh, so far, nobody's really laid a glove on him or drawn a strong contrast between themselves and President Trump in, in sort of the national polling. He's up pretty significantly. So how do you see a difference between your candidacy, what you've been trying to do, your record and President Trump? Well, I think it's interesting because he's been attacking me by moving left. So this is a different guy than 2015, 2016. He attacked me for opposing an amnesty bill in the Congress. He did support this amnesty, this good lot too. Two million illegal aliens he wanted to amnesty. I opposed it because that's what America first principles dictate, that you're opposed to amnesty. He also attacked me for voting against an omnibus spending bill that was bloated, full of pork, and that racked up huge amount of debt for this country. Yes, I voted against the omnibus. He signed every omnibus that was put on his desk. And so I think it's odd that he's doubling down on those positions because those were instances in which his actions did not match his campaign rhetoric. Um, and I also think just the difference between 2015 and 16 and now is uh, I, as chief executive of Florida and he as chief executive of the United States, we both faced COVID-19 and we both responded in the way we did. Uh, he responded by elevating Anthony Fauci and really turning the reins over to Dr. Fauci. And I think to terrible consequences for the United States, uh, I was the leader in this country in fighting back against Fauci. Uh, we bucked him every step of the way, starting in April of 2020, whether it's the schools, the businesses, the mandates, and our state has never done better as a result. Uh, we're number one for in, in migration, uh, number one for, for growth, and um, we keep continue to see great things happen. So, But it required me to cut against the grain. It required me to know that every decision I made was going to be met with opposition from the media and from the left. Uh, but you do what's right and you don't let them cow you. And so I think Fauci should have been fired. 
Um, and I think the fact that uh, Donald Trump gave Anthony Fauci a presidential commendation on Trump's last day in office, that was a gut punch to millions of people around this country who were harmed by Fauci's lockdowns. Now, Governor DeSantis, today, the president actually uh, attacked you by suggesting that Andrew Cuomo had done a better job in New York, which is sort of a shocking thing coming from a president who's declared that he is the enemy of the left when it comes to COVID. Andrew Cuomo, of course, did not do a, a better job. He, he's been he's been citing statistics, suggesting using sort of absolute numbers of people who died per state as opposed to looking at population adjusted, which, of course, seems deeply dishonest just on a statistical level. What, what's your take on those attacks? They're very bizarre. I mean, first of all, Florida had less excess mortality than California or New York. Part of that is because states like California had excess mortality derived from the lockdown policies, uh, which is really, really avoidable uh, mortality. But if he thinks uh, Cuomo handled it better, that's an indication if something like this were to happen again, he would double down and do what he did in March of 2020. That was a difficult situation. We didn't have all the facts and people can kind of understand you know, if you did things that may not have worked out. But we all have to sit here today in 2023, look back at March of 2020 and say Fauciism was wrong. Fauciism was destructive. Fauciism has set us on this path with the CARES Act and the Fed uh, printing money, creating inflation and creating some of the economic problems that we have today. So if you could do it again, would he do the same thing? I sure hope not because those were not the right decisions to make. Uh, and I've said very clearly, you know, if I'm president, uh, somebody like Fauci is in the government, I will bring them in um, and I will tell them two things. You are fired. You know, it's always bad for you, big tech grabbing your data. Here is the thing. All those big tech services, the ones you say they're free, they're not really free. They're grabbing your data and then they're selling those to various advertising agencies or they're gathering data on you for their own purposes. They're also working hand in glove with the government and handing over that data to the government if the government requests it. Plus, you got hackers who are looking at your network to try and grab your data. So why not protect yourself the way that I do with a VPN, namely the best VPN on the market, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that anonymizes your online presence, making it much more difficult for big tech companies to track and sell your data. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your network data and protects you from cyber criminals. I use ExpressVPN on literally all my devices, my phone, my laptop, even my Wi-Fi router. If you, like me, believe that your online activity is nobody's business but your own, Get the VPN I trust at expressvpn.com slash benyt. Use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash benyt. Get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash benyt and protect yourself the smart way today. So, Governor DeSantis, you know, one of the other areas where, where Donald Trump has uh, tried to draw a contrast, he's been suggesting that there are high crime rates in the state of Florida. Obviously, he, he speaks as, as a sort of law and order candidate. Um, but, you know, we were all present for 2020 and the National Guard was not deployed despite massive rioting in America's major cities. And you as governor of Florida actually took some pretty strong positions on crime up to and including providing stipends for incoming police officers. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, Florida's crime rate is at a 50 year low. That's just a fact. And it hit a 50-year low during my administration. But a lot of that is because local people, local government, local law enforcement done a good job. But it's hit a 50-year low while crime has been spiking in other places around the country. So we're counter trend for what's been happening in the United States. One of the main reasons families have moved to Florida since I've been governor is because of public safety, because they know we're a law and order state. So that's delusional to say that somehow Florida you know, has bad crime. And you can see that in the migration patterns. People are leaving high crime areas and they're coming here. When the Floyd riots were going on in Minneapolis, I called out the National Guard in Florida immediately. 
Uh, I had state law enforcement deployed. We work with our local partners. We said very clearly, you're not burning cities down here. Uh, we'll put a stop to it if it happens. And sure enough, it didn't end up happening. We've also enacted legislation to crack down on rioters with tougher penalties and to prevent local governments from defunding the police. But I think one of the things that we've seen is, um, you know, under the Trump administration, uh, you know, he enacted a, a bill, uh, basically a jailbreak bill. It's called the First Step Act. It has allowed dangerous people out of prison who have now reoffended and really, really hurt a number of people. So one of the things I would want to do as president is go to Congress and seek the repeal of the First Step Act. If you are in jail, you should serve your time. And the idea that they're releasing people who have not been rehabilitated early so that they can prey on people in our society is a huge, huge mistake. So Governor DeSantis, one of the big questions that comes up in, in the presidential election happened in 2020, I'm sure it'll happen in, again in 2024, is Donald Trump claims that the 2020 election was rigged. And this raises a question, if you even if you believe that that's true, how do you plan to reverse that sort of thing? If you're worried that the voting rules have changed, how do you plan to actually win, given the fact that 2020 didn't go the way that, that Donald Trump wanted it to go? Well, you obviously in the state of Florida had took a very different tack and, and you can see the results. You can see a 20 point shift between 2018 and 2020. Can you talk about your sort of on the ground strategy and how that would be different from what President Trump did in 2020 running against the Democrats? The left is going to throw the kitchen sink at any Republican. You've got to be ready for that. So in 2020, we saw these, these states largely because of the Fauci state of emergency for COVID. They used that as a pretext to change the rules, the way voting happened. They embraced this mail balloting and ballot harvesting. Uh, of course, I think that that's wrong. But if I were the candidate, I would have gone in and combated that. Either had our people doing the same ballot harvesting or been more aggressive to try to head that off in terms of some of the legal challenges. Uh, I also look at how the federal government colluded with some of the tech companies to censor information, like the Hunter Biden story. That's election interference. It's totally unfair. But I would also point out that was Donald Trump's FBI and Donald Trump's DHS that was doing that. He didn't have control over his own agencies. If somebody in my government were doing that, uh, they would have been fired the next day. And so you've got to take the responsibility as the candidate uh, to shape the battlefield in a way uh, that's going to be most advantageous to your side winning. So what I'll do, obviously in Florida, we did it very effectively, but nationally, you look to see what the rules of the game are. Yes, we ban ballot harvesting in Florida. That's what you should do. Yes, we ban Zuckerbucks in Florida. That's what you should do. However, not every state has done that. So if you're in a state like Nevada, that's a mass mail balloting state with ballot harvesting and Zuckerbucks, we will have organizations in place so that we can exploit that system. If you have it in Wisconsin, we will have organizations in place to exploit that system. I think telling people not to send in a mail ballot is a huge mistake, and it ends up reducing the pool of, of prospective voters. In Florida, we focused on some of these low propensity voters in my reelection. They usually vote in presidential. They don't always vote in midterm. And we converted a lot of them to vote. Most of them chose to vote by absentee ballot through the mail. That was their choice. If we told them you could only vote on election day, some of them very well may not have voted. So understand the battlefield. It's your responsibility as a candidate to head off that. But every single candidate that we would nominate is going to face this from the left, the Democrats and the media. And what I've told people, if you nominate me, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to get it done. 
and will be sworn in as president on January 20th, 2025. So Governor DeSantis, final question for you, because I know you have to run. Now, President Trump has threatened to not participate in any primary debates, assuming that he will sort of be appointed by acclamation. What do you make of his threats not to engage in some sort of primary debate with any of the other candidates? Well, look, I mean, I was I'm a blue collar kid. I started working for minimum wage and I learned very early on I'm not entitled to anything. You got to earn it in this world. And I think this nomination is something people have to earn. Nobody's entitled uh, to, to be nominated. And so I intend to earn it. I think those debates are an important part of the process. So Republicans across the country can can size up candidates and, and see what they think. Uh, I look forward to participating in them because I think we've got a great story to tell. Uh, and I think that the contrast between me um, and some of the other candidates, I think, will be favorable. And I think it'll help us uh, uh, win the nomination. Well, that is Governor Ron DeSantis. He's got a big day and a big several weeks at the minimum lined up for him. Governor DeSantis, if you want to give to his uh, his campaign, head on over to rondesantis.com. Really appreciate the time and good luck. Hey, thanks so much. We appreciate everybody's support. Alrighty, folks, Monday, of course, is Memorial Day. I'll be talking with Jocko Willink on my YouTube, so make sure to check that out. And then we'll be back here on Tuesday. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 